And it was, it was the old prophet Samuel, revered right throughout the, the nation. And he'd come under cover of darkness on a secret mission to the little town of Bethlehem. And, and the, the town elders didn't know why he was there. And so they're saying, what's going on? Have we done something wrong? What's, what's happening here? You know, these, these secretive conversations going on. But God had spoken to Samuel and said to him, time's up. There's a change happening right now. I'm about to appoint a new king in Israel. And I want you to go to the town of Bethlehem and find a man named Jesse, because I've selected one of his sons to be the new king. Now, what I find amazing about that is that God is at work when we don't realize it. He's always ahead of the game. God's doing things when we don't think anything's happening. He's been working on it for ages. God's always there, because it would be years before this person would become the king but God is at work and so when you don't think much is happening I want to tell you God is at work while you're asleep he's at work he's doing things so Jesse's sons were brought all seven of them were brought before Samuel and one by one but none of them was the right one and he says to to Jesse don't you have any more sons well, there is this other one. He's the youngest. He's out looking after the sheep. That's what he does. And, but I didn't think it would be necessary to bring him in today, you know. And Samuel says, we're not going to sit down to eat until you bring him here. They brought him in, the youngest, about 15 years of age. His name was David. And God said, in Samuel's spirit, that's the one right now. Anoint him right now. So Samuel had a flask, a ram's horn, most likely, of uh, oil. And we can put the scripture up there. I'm going to read what happened when Samuel poured the oil over David's head. It says, Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed him with his brothers standing around watching. Very significant. The Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind. God vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. That word rush there, it means, in the original, in the Hebrew, it means to, to cleave, to, or in, separate, to penetrate and to possess. So the Spirit of God, it says, like a wind, like a rush, entered him, empowered him for the rest of his life. After that, Samuel just left and went back to his hometown. I think he wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible, actually. And if you're thinking this morning, friends, you know, about this young boy called David, and, you know, he, he didn't think anything, he, he wasn't sure if his life would ever amount to anything. And maybe you're thinking that this morning, well, you know, I'm, I'm the least of the least. I'm not really significant. I've never really achieved anything with my life. I want to tell you that that's not true, because when God comes in, anything's possible. Anything can happen in your life. David went back to looking after the sheep after that. And here's the question. Did his life change from that moment on? Well, not really. Nothing changed at all, actually, on the outside. The, the political implications of what happened that day were immense. It was massive what had actually happened right there. But it was all kept under wraps for years to come. No one even knew about it. David's life never changed at all, but a fire was burning in his heart. You know, he didn't have any profile, he didn't have any money, he didn't have any popularity, he didn't have any recognition 
But what happened is he just kept showing up day after day after day, doing the basics. And all that time he was training to be the king of Israel. He was training to be king. And I want to say, friends, this morning that faithfulness, going through the process, just doing what you have to do day after day. You might think your life is pretty mundane, but I want to tell you, you are training for something, not just because of what automatically and necessarily going to happen in the future, but I want to tell you that faithfulness, doing the basics, doing what's obvious, doing what's in front of you, is actually a God characteristic. We're going to look at that this morning a little bit later on. So two years later, the nation is at war with their arch enemies, the Philistines. And David's still a shepherd boy. He's about 17 years of age by this time. He's still faithfully caring for the sheep. That's just what he did every day. And so David is commissioned by his father to take some fresh food to his older brothers because they're all on the battlefront. They're all, they've all been enlisted in the army. So here they are. The best of Israel's soldiers and fighting men are lined up and the Philistines, uh, their enemies, are across the valley on the other side. And, of course, they're, they're, being, they're mocking the army of God and, they're, and they're, especially their giant Goliath. And so David arrives and he hears the giant mocking Israel. And he says to himself, or he says, he says loud enough to be heard, Who is this pagan Philistine? defying the armies of the living God. What happened is that David's older brother, his oldest brother, Eliab, overheard David say that. And he got angry. And he said to David, what are you doing down here anyway? Maybe he'd forgotten that David had brought them down some food, but what are you doing down here anyway? And what about those few sheep in the wilderness that you're supposed to be looking after? What about that? This place is for real men. It made me think of that movie Cool Runnings, you know, when the Jamaican, the Jamaican guys are there and they're about to try their first thing. And, they, uh, and the Swiss, you know, the, ex, the experts in bobsledding are there saying, what are you doing here? This is for the real, the real bobsledders. I, I don't know. Anyway, but Eliab was saying, what are you doing here? You've got no place here. And what about those, that basic task that you're supposed to be doing? Are you still doing that or not? What Eliab didn't know, in fact, no one knew, was that within about two hours after that, David would go out and face up to the giant and he would kill the giant Goliath. He actually knocked the head off the nation's biggest problem at that time and was catapulted into national recognition in that moment. What an incredible thing that was to happen just right there. And I want to share with you this morning about faithfulness, about being willing to do the hard yards when you don't get recognized for it, about being faithful in your marriage when some of the people around you are thinking, what's wrong with you? About being reliable so my boss can depend on me to get the job done. That's what I want to talk about this morning for a few minutes. And, and I asked the question right at the start of this, why do we struggle with this? I mean... What's, what's with this that as humans we, we seem to struggle? Why do we make promises that we've got no intention of keeping sometimes? Why do we do that? You know, this issue of faithfulness is actually a, a perennial problem for humans. It's been around for a long time. It's nothing new. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, it says this, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find someone 
who is truly reliable. This is written like a few thousand years ago. And, and the writer of this, Solomon, he's saying, you know, a lot of people reckon they're, they're loyal, they're reliable, they're faithful, they're trustworthy, but can you find one who's really like that? They're, they're a fairly rare breed. So I'm saying this morning, friends, that this is a quality we need to aspire to and, and look up to because it's not automatic. It doesn't come automatically in our life. What does faithfulness mean? It's one of those, or it's another one of those multifaceted words. I, I looked up a dictionary and actually gave 11 different meanings for the word faithfulness. I'm not going to go right through them this morning, but I've just picked out a few that I think are the most, or the, that mean the most significance to me anyway. Consistent, reliable, and trustworthy. That's what, when I use the word faithful, that's what I'm referring to. Consistent, reliable, trustworthy. It includes things like follow through. Um, in other words, I'll finish the job to the standard expected, and because I, I, I worked in engineering for a long time, I can assure you, assure you that the standard expected was well and truly laid out, very, very clearly. And so there was always someone checking everything that you did, and then someone checked that again because it had to be done to the right standard. And so sometimes we have the idea, you know, that well, I'll just do the minimum. I want to tell you, friends, this morning that doing the minimum is not God's idea. Because God always goes above and beyond. God is into not only excellence, He is into superabundance. He is into going the second mile. God is into doing more than is required. I love that concept. And many of you have done, uh, I'm sure some of you have done training in uh, frontline service uh, sort of area. And there's this, this phrase that gets used, better than expected service. I love that phrase because that's what God does. He always gives us better than we expect or more than we would want. And I want to encourage you or challenge you this morning. Don't buy into the idea, I'll just do the minimum. That is not God. That, that comes from somewhere else. I'll just do the minimum. And that can become a bondage in your life. It can become a real bondage. Don't buy that. Here, what about uh, communication? Faithfulness includes communication. So I will get back to the person I'm reporting to. I will actually do that. What about things like attention to detail? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give some attention to the little things. Um, if you want to know about attention to detail, talk to this man, Jeff Brown, in the front seat, because he knows a lot about that, <laughs> I think. Um, what about commitment? You know, I, I'm committed to the promises I've made. I, I, I believe in, you know, I'm going to follow through with the promises that I've made. Friends, what I'm talking about here this morning, it sounds so old-fashioned. Do you agree? This sounds like something from, a, from a, an old, old movie or something from a past few generations back. People used to think like this. Is that right? Because I'll tell you, a lot of, a lot of modern thinking doesn't include this kind of stuff. But I want to tell you this morning, friends, this is absolutely central to the way God thinks, and it's central to the transformation that He wants to bring in your life today. So I want to encourage you. We've got to grapple with this faithfulness, and it's so important because God is faithful. God is 100% faithful. It's one of the defining characteristics of God today. And it means that God can be depended on. You know, we sing here often that song, uh, all my life you have been faithful. All my life, God, you've been faithful. And God is fundamentally faithful. He will do what he said he will do. 
He keeps his promises. There's a great verse in, um, in the book of Lamentations, and it's also a song, but it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And then it says, Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Friend, I want to say to you today, if we are to be made in the image of God or remade in the image of God's character, we have to address this area of our lives today. It, it, will, it will never happen unless we address this issue of faithfulness. I want to share, share with you a little bit about um, some, of, some of my story. From um, years ago when I was just coming into an area of ministry and... Um, this, this verse, Proverbs 28, verse 20, kept coming up. You can stick it up on the screen there if you like, Emily. So in uh, Proverbs 28, 20, and it says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. And it's from an old translation, but Proverbs 28, 20, that's the one. I've, and it's, here you can see it. I'm going to read it from verse 19, actually, the, the verse before. It says, A hard worker has plenty of food. But a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. That's pretty challenging, isn't it? Number, verse 20, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Friends, we, we, need to, we need to memorize these things and get into our heart. So verse 20, it's another way of saying a faithful man will abound with blessings. And that verse, it used to keep coming back to me over a period of years, just over and over again. It was like, that's the one thing God was saying to me. A faithful man will abound with blessings or will get a, a rich reward. And you know what God was saying to me at that time? He's saying, you don't have to be the brightest and the best and the, and the sharpest and the smartest and the first and the fastest or anything like that. In fact, this is a word for someone here today. It really is. You don't have to be the brightest star shining in the galaxy. Someone, you know, we talk about, oh, well, that person, they're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know, or they're not whatever. You don't have to be that. What you've got to be is faithful to what God called you to do and keep doing the basics and God will promote you. He will put you where you need to be. You don't need to have all the accolades, all the popularity, all the resources, whatever. Just be faithful to what God has called you to do. I remember once um, when we were living in far north Queensland and I was just, uh, just taking on a role as a, as, a, as a young assistant pastor in the church and, and I was also contracting as an electrical contractor at the time. So um, there was this regional meeting. I've shared this story maybe once before, but there was a, all the pastors get together, okay? So, and north Queensland's a pretty big place. And those of you who've been up there, it's a big place. So this meeting was about four and a half hours drive from where we lived. And so I took a day off work uh, with my senior pastor to go down to go to this pastor's meeting. Um, it was at Air, actually. See? <laughs> and we lived at Atherton, about four and a half hours drive, probably longer than that, actually. Maybe five and a half hours drive. There's a long, long drive. We went down there, and, um, and I took a day off work to do it. And that was pretty significant because we didn't have a lot of money. And it was, uh, you know, we went down. And so we sang a song in the meeting. We sang a song. And then they, then they said, well, all those, there was a few people in the room, same as me. If you're not a card-carrying sort of person, pastor, uh, could just go outside for a while. So I went outside and I stayed outside most of the day. And, and I'm thinking, what is going on? 
It's just the way they did it in those days, and I, I'm over it, right? I'm, if, if, you're watching, if you're watching today and you are one of those people, God bless you. I love you. We, we love you. I'm, I'm over it. But the point is this. I said to myself and I said to God, God, if this is a test, I'm going to pass the test. I'm just going to pass the test. And maybe it was. God's got, I tell you, he has a wacky sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> he does. He does. And um, if it's a test, I'm going to pass the test. And so I did. And I think at the end of the day, I, we, they brought us back in for a little bit for something or other, whatever it was. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to follow through with the commitments that I made. I'm going to do what I said I would do. I'm not going to be put off by some little thing like this that happens. I'm just going to trust you, God, because I know that you will promote at the right time. I determined to develop consistency and follow through with the commitments that I made at that time. Um, uh, some years ago, I was at, um, I was at a meeting with, um, of the Air Force cadets in, in Toowoomba when, when uh, some of our uh, youngest children were in the Air Cadets. And this is, this is a, the guy who was the commanding officer of the 210 Squadron Air Force Cadets in Toowoomba. And he was speaking, and he told a story about his own life. And he said, when I was a young boy, I used to sit out on the back veranda and watch the planes fly over and say, you know, that's, that's incredible. And they were old uh, DC-4. Have you ever heard of a DC-4? I mean, that's old. They're still actually flying around the world in some places. And I was, he, said, he said, I was amazed at how they flew. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to be up there. I'm going to fly one of those things up there one day. Well, eventually he joined the Air Force and he was flying Hercules planes, uh, transporters, and... and uh, so one day he was up near Darwin flying his Hercules and he, he looked up and he could see this little wispy white thing of smoke up above and he knew that it was a 747 flying up there. And he said, one day I'm going to be up there. And so what happened, he, he progressed to other planes and eventually he flew 747s for about 10 years and, and uh, one day... <laughs> One day he was flying his 747 and he looked way down below him and there was a Hercules flying down there. And he said, you know what? I used to be down there flying them things. Now I'm not. And to me that sounds like being consistent, being reliable, being trustworthy and being promoted at the right time. To me that's a, a great story of how that works. And so it, it's going through the steps and being faithful in what you're doing that leads us to the next step. And I think that's fantastic. Some of us here in this room today were at a meeting a couple of days ago where somebody who had been faithfully through the steps was given the keys to the whole place, right? That was awesome. That was, I was impressed. I was impressed. Jesus spoke about this in Luke chapter 16. A fantastic passage. Another passage that really gripped me in my earlier days, and it's still a wonderful passage, and it's up on the screen coming up there now. But it says, The one who faithfully manages the little he's been given will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. 
So it's just saying start with the basics and be faithful and trustworthy with a little bit that you've... I, I think that's why we have apprenticeships. You know, apprenticeships are not just about acquiring knowledge or skill. They're about developing character as well so that you can be trusted with responsibility. And I think about my own trade as, a, as an electrician. There's a lot of responsibilities there. Like if you turn the switch on at the wrong time, someone's going to get electrocuted. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be careful. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to take responsibility. And I, I, no, I won't, I won't start. I could, there's a long list of things. I'm not going to go there. If, if you're responsible with a little... You'll be given much more. And then it says, if you've not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? This profound statement. It's saying that being faithful, I don't know if you realize this, being faithful with money and finance has got a lot to do with God giving you spiritual riches. He's saying, I want to know that you're going to be responsible with the money. Uh, this, is a great, this is a great scripture for pastors here, you know. Anyone who aspires to be a pastor, be responsible with the money and then God will think about giving you some of the true riches of heaven. And if you've not proven yourself faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? That's often interpreted to mean that in, in a ministry context, if you want to be, you know, have a ministry of your own, and some people say, oh, God, just give me this. I want a ministry of something, some kind. And God says, be faithful in someone else's ministry first, then I'll give you a ministry of your own. That's what he says to us. I'm just going to wrap this up now. You know, at the, at the end of the ages... Jesus appears in the book of Revelation and he's riding a white horse and I just, I just love this scripture and he's, he's, he's vanquished all his enemies and, and the person, the rider on the white horse it says, if you, if you read the passage that we're going to read it in, in a minute if you can stick it up there he's, he's, he's been given many names actually multiple names but the first one the first name that he's given, I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, the first name. And you can read it down and it says that another name was written on him that no one understood. And he wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. And there's other names come after, come after that. But I want to tell you that his first name was Faithful and True. And to me, what that's saying, this is Jesus. It's, it's very clearly talking about Jesus at the end of the age in which we live. And his first name is faithful and true. To me, that's important because it's saying that you want to know what God is like? The very first characteristic of God is he's faithful and true. And I, I want to say, friends, if you, if you want to get God's character in your life and God's heart within your life, you think about being faithful and true. And, and I, I just think about that for myself. That's, that's the team that I want to be on. At the end of this age, when, you know, you know one day we're all going to stand before God, and, you know, and, and we're going to be, I use the word judged, but it just means if, you, if you're a believer here today, if you know that your name is written in heaven and you know that you have Jesus in your heart, you know, you don't have to fear. There's no fear needed for that. It's not about fear. It's about receiving rewards, actually, receiving a reward. And um, 
At the end of the age, I want to be able to say, you know, that's, I'm staking my claim on, on that guy, the one who is faithful and true. I'm staking my claim on the rider, on the white horse. I want to be standing right next to him at the end of this age. How about you? How about you? Is that where you want to be at the end of this age? We have our creative team to come back right now. And I just want to, just want to ask you this morning, friends, I don't, I don't know how how any of this affects you but I just know that over the years God's spoken to me so many times and so powerfully through this concept a faithful person will abound with blessings and I've seen it I've seen it over and over again in my own life and I know it's what God wants to do in all of us it's not just you know this you know what the opposite of this is the opposite of this is winning the lottery <laughs> and I'm not I'm not saying this to make you feel bad if you've, if you've bought lottery tickets. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, that's not my point. I just want to tell you this. What I'm talking about this morning is the opposite of winning the lottery. It's the opposite. I'm talking about being faithful and true and let God promote you in his time, in his purposes, when he's ready. Because that's what it's all about. Can we close our eyes for a moment?